It's September 4th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Welcome to the last weekend of summer. Dun, 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 dun. It feels so sad, but I'm not in school anymore. So like to me, summer really goes to like end of October. Uh, So that's the way I think of life and summer. But for everyone that it does impact and you have to go back to school, if you're a student or a teacher, well, virtual slash in-person learning is going to be an interesting road over the next few months as every school district in every state handles it completely different. So what a ride it's going to be. Um, I also would like to say last week I was a negative Nancy about running. Um, you know, after we recorded, I got to, you know, think about my thoughts and I was pretty negative. But we do this every single week and we want to give you our untapped raw views of our running every week and you're gonna have down weeks and that was a down week running wasn't fun but let me tell you what went on vacation last week and i'm rejuvenated and i'm back so i'm excited to talk about that we have a great show for you today as always as every friday because we're the cream city pacers and we only deliver you premium content here on our channel Uh, i am back from ohio and i'm recharged and ready to go for marathon season Apostoli is born to run, basically. Uh, That's a little foreshadowing for what you're going to get later in the episode if uh, that theme song didn't make sense to you. And as always, our favorite part of the podcast, I am super excited. This was such a fun interview to talk with Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Jill Karofsky. Jill is just an amazing person. And if you don't know her, you are going to absolutely love her after this. As always, this week's rundown is brought to you by our sponsors, our friend of the FOD, Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. Opposite, I have here that I wrote, could you some you wrote, could you somehow squeeze in something about all the measures we are taking during COVID? I commented, can you write some bullet points that I can riff off of? There are zero bullet points for me to rip off of for to riff off of for your uh, sponsored ad read here. So um but you have not dined in. You have not dined in, and we expect you to say the absolute truth out of the bottom of your heart. But because you have not dined in, and we need people to know that we're doing things a lot differently at Mimosa uh, since COVID-19, then I will have to speak for it. And what we do is we have re-engineered the entire process of how we get you through the door, uh, how we get you to the table, who gets to the table to serve you, there is no server, there is no host, there is no busser. It's just a different, completely different system. Uh, it's basically we're welcoming you into our home because that's what it feels for us. Uh, and we're doing that for the hospitality aspect, and we're also doing it for the uh, to protect you from cross-contamination. So everybody has their own little roles. Certain people do certain things so that there's no cross-contamination uh, between you and other guests. We have dividers between the tables, beautiful dividers. We're all wearing masks. Everybody's required to wear masks to enter the restaurant. When you get to your table, obviously, in order to eat, you need to have a mask uh, removed. And... Yeah, we're doing everything we possibly can. Everybody's super trained to 
know how to handle this and we're doing health checkups for the employees every morning just wanted wanted to know because wanted you to know because we've been talking about the food every time on this pod and Mimosa. it's only fair Mimosa is a safe zone. It's like, uh, you know, you're like, oh, I'm taking away servers and there's no busters. And you're like, well, what does that really mean? It's like if you go over to your friend's house for dinner, right? You know, maybe mom's going to bring out the food and dad's going to refill the dad's going to refill your water and your friend's going to, you know, give you a good conversation while it's all happening. And it's just like that at Mimosa. It's a great experience. Visit mimosabreakfast.com to see their full menu, to make a reservation, to see where their locations are, to see all the cool photos on the website. Yeah, that's me, your boy, Al Main, took all those. So it's pretty cool. It's really cool stuff over there. All right, but what's going on in the Cream City world of running? Well, okay. So running is just the best stuff in the world, right? We love running. So... You found this awesome link on Reddit, and it's we always talk about like the one piece of advice you can give a new runner, or what's the best advice to get you through this marathon training, or what's the best advice while you uh, to recover from injury. Well, we found a thread that it's the worst advice you can give new runners, and um, I actually gave that advice last week. Whoops. There are 750 <laughs> comments on this question. <laughs> so we thought it'd be fun to read some. Do you want me to read the first one or do you want to do it? Uh, you can go ahead and read it. This is from the subreddit r slash uh, running, by the way. So cool, cool little, cool little uh, subreddit, by the way. Everybody All should right. check it out. Go ahead. Try running as far as you can on the first day. Doing so cured me the desire to run for at least 20 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> David Goggins, someone commented on that. David Goggins has now entered the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> what a beast. What a beast that man is. Uh, somebody else said, uh, the worst advice I was given is to entirely give up running as my left knee supposedly couldn't handle it. And it was, uh, this, was this advice was from a physician. Hmm. Okay. That's not that's really like, advice that you give into like, a run. That's too specialized, too personalized. Like real advice a doctor would give you. Okay, here's one. Give it your all every run and just push through the pain. Same mentality, but both really are really great ways to end up not being injured. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, a little further down over there, and this is the one, this is the reason I shared this with you because last week I said that I used to never stop. While running, no matter what, I would always keep running. And somebody says, here's the worst advice. Uh, You're not running if you take walking intervals. Uh, And somebody said, oh my God, I I, completely agree. This has 534 upvotes. And actually (laughs) might have even more than that. So I'm sorry to anybody that I gave you that advice last week. It wasn't really advice. Actually, Alex, we should we should have a little thing in the beginning, a little disclaimer that says like the views expressed in this uh, podcast are not uh, are not by doctors and uh, don't go out do anything doing anything that these people dumbasses are um, are suggesting. So All right, I'll read one more. Uh if you don't puke at the end of the run, you're not doing it right. Oof. What is this CrossFit? Anyway, <laughs> that's funny we well why don't we link that so you guys can go enjoy enjoy that but uh apostoli is wearing our mke run for justice shirt which got me thinking that t-shirt pickup you guys there are still some of you that have not picked up your t-shirts yet 
You can do so at Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch at their Brookfield location, which is 275 Regency Court, Brookfield, Wisconsin, 53045. You better have wrote that down as I said it. If not, it's right next to the corners in Brookfield. They're open from 7.30 to 2 p.m. every day of the week. So head over there and get yourself your T-shirt and a little breakfast. As we just said, not only is the food good, the experience is, is safe for you. It's safe. It's a safe experience. It's a safe dining experience. It's great. And um, also, our good friend Dan Siberson submitted uh, a voice memo about what the MKE Run for Justice meant for him. I know a few episodes ago, we asked for everyone to send a voicemail in. Hannah sent one in. We played hers. And um, Dan had a really good, you know, just a really good voice memo. So let's take a listen to Dan. 8.46 reflections. Um, every day when I set out for my run or walk or whatever outside, um, my mind goes to how interconnected all of us are, um, even through simple things like streets and roads and communities uh, around us, buildings, um, and how much people contribute to that and how much we, we can do better just by I don't even know, just by changing our attitudes. And every day when I'm on my run, I think of the future. I think of things that I want to build upon. And as runners, you know, typically we're always looking for that. Um, today I ran my longest run to date um, in my life. And the whole time I'm just thinking, you know, this is great. I'm enjoying the whole process. What can I do? based on this and what can we do as a society to help right the wrongs that we've committed um, that's what 8.46 means to me um, and how I can focus my energies um, and my money uh, towards things that are better Dan thanks for submitting that that was absolutely great and you know I think a lot's going on right now since this run it wasn't like you know, we put on this run, we raise money, we raise awareness, and it's over. Um, unfortunately, our fight for justice is not ending. You know, we, everything that's been happening in the world, and now we see what happened with Kenosha right in our backyard. Um, it's it's painful to see. I mean, these are our community members. They're not in Milwaukee, but these are our neighbors. These are our friends. This is Wisconsin. This is where we are born and live, and our families live around here. I know a lot of my friends who are, were born and raised in that area. And what's been going on is it's you know it's scary. People have been dying, and that's that is absolutely terrible. And we just want to keep anyone that's going down there. If you're protesting please do it peacefully please stay safe because it is dangerous it is a dangerous area um, but you know we need to keep pushing forward for change and we need to keep demonstrating and we need to keep calling on our local government and our congressman and tony evers and we need to make sure that we are doing what we can to move our country and our city and our state forward all right so let's jump into our running update. This portion of the podcast is presented to you by Thunderdome Running. As everyone knows, unless you're new to the show, welcome to the show. My co-host Abasoli and I are training for the Lakefront Marathon, and we teamed up with our good friend Matt Thull over at Thunderdome Running 
to create custom plans for us. That's what he does. He creates awesome custom running plans, whether you're running a 5K, a 10K, a marathon, couch to marathon, whatever you want to do. You want to PR in something, you're just starting to run and you're looking for someone to help you, guide you through it. Matt is your man. To learn more, head over to thunderdomerunning.com and tell Matt that you are sent by the cool guys at the Cream City Pacers. So Abasole, let's talk a little running. You got anything cool to talk about? If not, we can talk national parks. So listen to me. Listen to me carefully. This is this is this is big. This is this is where it's at. Two words. Yeah? Five Ks. That's where it's at. <laughs> five Ks. That's where it's at. That's all I've been doing is just running five Ks for the past few runs. And coach and Coach Matt is looking at me like. With a with that emoji of with the lifted shoulders of like what what why why are you doing these runs why are you not um, doing the runs that we that you're supposed to do but as he says smaller runs lead to bigger runs uh, and get you super excited and uh, that's that's where I'm at actually so I did sign up for the lakefront uh, well it's not the lakefront marathon anymore it's called the Badgerland Striders uh, Mileage Challenge. <laughs> Is that correct? Badgerlands. No, it's just called the Distance Challenge. Wow. Now I don't even know what it is. You're throwing me off. But anyways, it's basically the virtual Lakefront. It's marathon. the virtual Lakefront mar- mar- Marathon, which you can run at any anywhere you want in the world. Right? You can be anywhere and run that marathon. Actually, we had a, a listener send us a message. Uh, Bree Matheson. Uh, sent us a message asking, "Hey, uh, can I can I run this down in a, in Atlanta, um, Alabama, uh, not Atlanta, Alabama?" And said, "Sure." I mean, we're at the Badgerland Striders, so we can't answer for them. But yes, the Cream City Pacers allow you to run this anywhere you want. So you should go sign up. Uh, we did say that the deadline was last Sunday, correct? uh yeah yeah yes, yes. but i think i I'm think i think i think i think it's still active sorry scott i think i think if you, you go and the link has not been deactivated so go ahead give badgerland striders your money you might not get the sleeve for your hands i don't think you'll get the arm sleeve i yeah. think that was the big deal because they had to order it but yeah go register join us virtually for a fun marathon but tell us about it yeah. opposite it's only you only have to run like eight and a half five k's to run a marathon so you should be able to do it that's not bad i got a whole day to do it nice yeah yeah how about you running tell me about your ohio trip in your new car with all the new technology yo so what a week last week i got out of running because we bought a new car then drove to ohio with christina's family to go to choyahoga coyahoga we had a debate on how you say it it's one of those valley national park um pretty awesome time i mean we haven't gone on vacation in a long time and i have never i haven't driven in a car that long since like 2013 so what a trip what a fun trip that drive from wisconsin to ohio is so boring and so lame like the coolest thing we saw was um uh i yeah oh we stopped at notre dame on the way home that was super cool Notre Dame, awesome place. Nice. You ever been? No, I've not been. The only place I stop uh, on my uh, whenever I pass by Ohio is the rest areas. 
Oh yeah, I have a, cool. they, they all very, look the same. They all look, everyone is the same. You know, there's a saying. There's a saying. Uh, it might be my saying. It might not. But it's a great saying. I sound like Trump. Uh, <laughs> it did sound like it's Trump. a Trump. That was it's very a, yeah. funny. Uh, the saying is: If you have to go, wait until Ohio. And because they are so clean, the the rest the rest areas are amazing. They got showers in them. They got Starbucks and Burger Kings and anything you want. Paneras and they're amazing. Yeah, they got it all. But, well, but tell us about during, yeah. during COVID, a lot of it shut down. So well, of course. But tell us about uh, Notre Dame. I've never been. Yeah, Notre Dame is pretty cool. It's it's a super nice campus, and South Bend is in the middle of nowhere. But that's like a lot of colleges are just in the middle of nowhere. I think we have it lucky that we have like UW Milwaukee in Milwaukee, and then like well, we have Marquette and you know MSOE here too, which which is cool. And then like Madison's a cool town, so I feel like you could go somewhere like South Bend and have a really cool campus. But I don't know, it didn't seem like anything else was there. Not bashing on it because. Just- Molly Seidel went there, four-time national champ. But yeah. no, it was cool. But did you see Mayor check Pete? this out. Did you see Mayor Pete? I did Pete? not see Mayor Pete. Dang it! I should have. That would have been sick if I would have saw him when we we're just like walking around. But so Ohio, cool place. Like a lot of trails, right? Because we're in a national park. Um, but so Christina, so we're trying to figure out how we're going to run there, right? Because so the roads where we were, there's no shoulder. It's literally the the white line of the end of the road and then three inches of gravel and then usually just like some sort of ditch. So like you're lucky that your car stays on the road, let alone like being able to run on it, right? So we're like driving to our house and we're like, oh, like we're not gonna be able to run with the girls. Are we gonna be able to run? Like and grandma and grandpa and the rest of the family watch the kids. Anyways, there's like some paved, there's like a paved Oak Leaf Trail. I'm pretty sure there's a trail that goes from Cleveland to Akron. That's all paved. Hmm. That's like the Oak Leaf Trail. It's a little narrower. It's more like a bike path. But we did that one day. And so this is the beginning of the story. We're supposed to run like seven miles. A huge storm's coming in. And like Christina's like, we'll just run in the rain. I'm like, we don't want to get caught in this. We're done. So I cut us off at five and a half. And she wasn't happy because she... Her goal in all of this was, was to run 70 miles last week. So, like, you know, you really got to hit those distances to, you know, accomplish something like that. So she's like, okay. So she's supposed to run 16 miles the next day. And and she's like, okay, I think I'm just going to try to run 18 because that would make up for the two miles. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fine. The girls did not transition well on our trip and sleep very good. And that night was like they were up way too much they were up and christina's like an early riser like we're talking like 5 a.m it was like 7 30 and she gets out of bed and i'm like i just i'm like oh man christina's probably gonna run like 10 miles she's like i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna i'm gonna do 18 and but uh, the plan was at 15 she'd come back and get me and then i'd run a little i'd run like the last like three with her yeah okay. three Driving. or something and, and my long run's supposed to be nine so christina's sister who's coming back from injury comes with us it was really fun and we get about three miles in and her sister's like hey i'm gonna call it quits you know this is my first run outdoors in like three months which is like really cool so like we got to run with christina's sister but also like she was coming back from injury so you know it was cool and there was this insane trail that was biased like really cool gravel trail that was like deep in the woods so it was very covered anyways christina's like okay well if we just add on like another two more i can get to 20 and mm-hmm. then like so we're like okay let's go the other way on the trail and then she's like well how are you feeling i'm like you know i think i'm feeling good maybe i'll try to do like six maybe i'll do nine if if i'm really feeling it after i drop you off and she's like well 
okay, let's just, we're like, okay, maybe if we just do six, then I'll only have to run three by myself. And then we start going. And then we're like, okay, hey, if we actually do Alex's full nine, Christina's like, I'll get to like 24 and or 25, 24, right? And that'll be good. Well, I misjudged how far back out and we had to go. And okay. we were kind of, so at the turnaround point, she's like, okay, if I go back, it's going to be like 25 and a half. And we're like, Okay, and then we realized it was going to be like, as we were getting closer, it was going to be like 25.8. And I was like, Christina, you have to finish. You have to do a marathon. Like, you're only 0.4 away. And she was like, as we're running up this insanely steep hill to get like to 25.8, she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to stop. Like, my ankle really hurts. It's like, I shouldn't do this. I'll just run like two miles tomorrow to get to 70 miles for the week. And as we're, we're we get up this hill, and she's like, well, you, well do, you, do you want to try to run far? She, she had like another... Sorry, she had like another mile to get to 25.8. And I'm like, no, I'm done. I did 10. I'm done. She's like, okay. She comes back a mile later and she's like, hey, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to finish it. Do you want to run the last point four with me? And I'm like, sure. So we're like running the last point four. I'm at like 10 miles and I'm dying. I can't even keep up with her. And uh, yeah, we came. We did point two out, point two back. And Christina ran an impromptu marathon well, during our trip to Ohio. That is incredible, incredible. Uh, what a her, her, impr- story. Her, her impromptu marathon, by the way, is faster than our, our official <laughs> marathons. It was at 345. Can I share that? Uh, yeah, 345. Yeah. She's incredible. What a what an inspirational person. We well, asked her, but um, if I may you say. You want to tell the kicker? You I want to tell the kicker. Okay, I came up with a kicker because I realized, hold on a second. So you got this impromptu marathon. And last week we had Greg on the show who talked to us and gave us a big story about his impromptu marathon. And I asked Christina, I sent her a message, I said, congratulations, that's amazing. Did you listen to the show? And she says, yes, I did. I said, when did you listen to the show? She said, I listened to it in the beginning of my run. So I think that we need to take some credit here about this run because uh, Greg as well, we inspired... Uh, one person for sure, and that's all it takes. It's just if you can inspire one person, uh, our yeah. job our job is done. We're, Thank you, Christina. She listened, she listened to it, and she, you know, it, the message got to her head, and she was like, "I'm going to do it." And she didn't even re- put the two and two together. Here's the thing: is I probably told the story wrong, and the distances don't add up. And Christina's going to be like, "You missed a really good part of the story," but yeah, that's my version of it right now. So well, I'm that's what she it. gets for not being on the show because we told yeah, her, come, we asked come her on to and be tell her. Yeah, we did. But then, yeah, but then again, I didn't like her answer to the favorite pump up song because I would I could not do that one. What was it like? Chopping and Chopin, or yeah, Chopin. Chopin, Chopin is like some some big. Somehow. I'm not even. I'm not even educated in music. What it's I classical say? music. Chopin? It's a classical, very difficult classical music piece. I'll tell you what. You guys are listening to your classical music. I've listened to Intentions by Justin Bieber and Cuervo about 115 times since last Tuesday, and I can't get enough of it. The beat is so good. Well, I, it's I, so good. I, I'll it's have so to good. listen to it. You want me to sing it to you? Uh, I do, but our, our listeners probably don't. All right. So, All right. All right. Fine. Okay. This is all we wrote for our part of the show. We have rambled on long enough. Now, we are really excited to get into our interview with Jill. I know Apostoli is excited. I'm excited. So, so we're excited. done. We're done talking. Let's jump into the interview, and you guys are going to have an awesome time listening to this.
Now on to my favorite part of the show. Today we are joined by Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice, the inspiring, the legendary, the honorable, Jill Karofsky. Jill, welcome to the Cream City Pacers. Well, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, this is this is awesome. This is an honor for us. Uh, a little story on how we got connected. Uh, our friend Scott Coomer from... Illinois, who runs the Badger 100, uh, where you were sworn in. He is friends of our pod. We're friends of his pod. We're podcast friends. And I reached out to him like, hey, Jill, she's really awesome, isn't she? And he's like, she'd be great for the show. I'm pass along her information. I was like, oh my goodness, that would be amazing. And so the thing is, is the the email he gave me was a basic like info at jillkarofsky.com. And I was like, okay maybe I'll get a response, you know, it's, it's, and someone on your team responded like instantly and said that you're totally want to be, want to be in. And I, that like speaks so much of your character and who you are. And if people know you, like they know that would be an answer from you, especially since, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about running, but I, there was just like, I felt like it was a shot in the dark, but now knowing like it wasn't a shot in the dark, it's just, it, it, it is you. So that's how we got connected and that's how we're here today. So for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, sure. I'm born and raised in Wisconsin. I uh, currently live in Madison. I am the very, very proud ma- single mom of two kids. I have a 20-year-old and a 16-year-old. I have two golden retrievers. I started my term on the Wisconsin State Supreme Court on August 1st, and I am just really humbled and honored to to be serving there. Yeah, that is Awesome. And I want to say congratulations on that. That was um, that was a hard fought battle. And I want to talk a little bit about that. But I read you had an awesome article in Runner's World um, about a lot of stuff. But what I want to start with is you are a state tennis champion in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, I played a, played a lot of tennis in high school. And my junior year, I uh, paired up with one of my closest friends, and we won the state high school doubles championship in 1983. That is incredible. That you still, um, do you still have that trophy somewhere, or I don't know what you get for it. Yeah, it was a medal. I'm sure that it's somewhere. I couldn't locate it very, okay, very. Quickly. I would have that for sure hung up on my wall forever. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> I'll try to. I'll find it and I'll give it to you, and you can oh, put it on your wall. Yes, then I can be a state champ. <laughs> so Molly Seidel, who got second in the Olympic trials. She, uh, I'm, if you're familiar with her, she did this thing called the slow mile challenge. So it's how, how long would it take her to run a mile? And she did it in like 38 minutes and Apostoli and I did it in like 39 minutes. So we beat her. So now, so, so you beat I'm her. an Olympian cause I beat an Olympian. And if I get that medal, I'm a state champ. So this podcast has really elevated my status in the sports <laughs> gang in Wisconsin. So I'll take that. Yeah. Way to work it. <laughs> um, but so what running though, uh, in that article, it said that, you know, you running, you started running, which helped you with tennis. Um, is that true? Did I read that right? Yes. So I started running when I was about 10 years old and, um, coincidentally enough, I started running. It was attached to another campaign. My mom was one of the first women mayors in the history of Wisconsin. She was mayor of Middleton. And she was mayor for a couple of years. She lost her reelection campaign when I was 10 years old. And she started running shortly thereafter. And I started running with her. And I think it was a way for her to 
cope with what had happened in her campaign, and it was a way for the two of us to to run together and to bond together during some of my teenage years. Um, I ran in junior high. I ran track in high school, and to stay in in shape for tennis. Tennis was in the fall, and track was in the spring, and uh, that's what I did. And then when I went to college. I was out running before classes started, and I hooked up with the Duke cross-country team, and they said, why don't you come to practice tonight? And I said, I don't want to. I don't want to run college. I don't want to run college cross-country. I don't want to do a college sport. And they said, just come to practice tonight, and they seemed nice enough. And I went to practice that night, and I didn't miss another practice for four years. It was the most wonderful, wonderful group of people. Um, I, just, I just loved it. It was, it was awesome. And so I ended up running cross-country at Duke for four years. It was, I should add, it was the very first year they had a women's team. So if you could basically finish the 5K and not end up in the Duke Hospital, you were on the team. So I was able to at least accomplish that. So I feel like they were out, like, running, looking for runners. So, like, if we see anyone else on this campus running, like, grab them. Right, yeah. It was a little recruitment for them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's pretty cool. So how is running, I mean, you didn't plan on being a college athlete, and you were. Um, how was that experience? Like, would you have gone back and, and not done it, or would you say it was no, a I'm really, experience? Like, I, I'm so glad I did it. I mean, one of the things that it taught me that I have just used in my, you know, since then in my life is you just have to be super, super organized if you're going to be a college athlete because the demands of studying, the demands of getting your workouts in, recovering from your workouts, competing on the weekends, there's just a lot that you have to do. And if you're not real disciplined as far as time is concerned, it's just not going to, you're screwed basically. So it taught me how to be really, really good at time management and also taught me the importance of making sure that I was working out, right? Doing those runs every day was just hugely, hugely important for my mental well-being. Um, and I think that's where I, it really solidified for me the importance of making sure I was taking care of myself every day. Yeah. That's incredible. So, you know, you've been running for a long time. You ran, um, starting out with your mom and, you know, your, one of your hashtags for your campaign, I'm calling it a hashtag. I don't know if you actually hashtagged it. It was always running. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I can tell where it came from, but how it kind of interworked in all parts of who you are and your campaign and what you wanted to be. And look, there are so many metaphors for running in a campaign and actually running a distance an endurance event. And early on, in every campaign, you're trying to tell a story about who the candidate is. And my running and the sports I have played growing up are just a big part of who I am. And my campaign was very, very comfortable and really excited to tell some of those stories. You're always trying to show how you're different than, than other people, especially your opponents. So we really tried to build off the always running hashtag, the always running as in running in a campaign, always running as in physically running. And I think that we were, you know, what I would say at campaign events over and over again is I would tell people that, look, I was a state high school tennis champion. I was a D1 athlete in track and cross country. I finished the Ironman triathlon two times. I had run an ultra in the middle of the campaign. I'd run a marathon in the middle of the campaign and then had a campaign event an hour later. And I would tell everyone that, you know, I'd done the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. And the point was this, that I had, I have never been outworked or out hustled. And there was no way in my campaign, anyone was going to come close to outworking or out hustling me. I love it. I feel the energy 
that you're giving off right now. And when I'm listening to your podcast that you were previously on, like our friends over at Bridge of the City here in Milwaukee, you like your energy is always there and you have to have that. I mean, for what you do, not only in your work, right, but also like not only running a marathon, but an ultra marathon and then running the rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Like those are crazy. Only so many people in the United States and the world are like, can do that. You know, now, if, that. if so, can I ask a question on this? Uh, now, there are some people that say that there's a limited amount of energy in the body. And some people say that they don't work out, including our president, uh, because they don't want to use up all that energy. So what would you say to that? Well, you know, I wake up in the morning, I check my watch, and I see my resting heart rate was at 47. So because I'm in pretty good shape, when I'm not running, my heart rate is plummeting. And so I am saving many, many breaths and many, many heartbeats. If there's, if, if, assuming that that theory is correct, we of course know that it's not. And we know that if we want to increase endurance and increase strength, that we need to do that. We need to keep pushing ourselves to be stronger and to go farther both physically and mentally and emotionally. Um, so, I mean, no, that obviously isn't true. But even if, it, even if it were true, my heart rate is very, very slow when I'm sleeping. So I'll save those heartbeats. We know it's true. It just sounds a lot better coming from you. So thank you. <laughs> no problem. That's an, that's an impressive uh, resting heart rate. So kudos to you for that as well. <laughs> so speaking of like, you know, you saying how you've done, you've kind of built up your running. You started a marathon and then became an ultra. Then you did started doing Iron Man, um, Iron Woman. Also, it feels more appropriate yeah, here. Um, where where was the urge to like continue to keep keep going, keep increasing the distance, go up to an Iron Man? Where did that Where did that come from? Was that you know? I think it came from it came from actually uh, getting slower as I got older. So I was able to compete in the mile and the two mile in high school and then the 5K in college. I ran my first marathon the week after I graduated from college. As I got older, I, I, I qualified for Boston a couple of times, but your marathon time, your 10K time, they're just not going to keep coming down. And um, I love being out on the trails. I just, heaven for me is being out on the trails anywhere, especially in Wisconsin. Um, I've, done, I've done, I think, most of the ultra trail runs uh, uh, trail ultras in Wisconsin and I just I love being outside I love being outside for a good portion of the day and in these races just finishing is an accomplishment right so you don't have to worry I don't have to worry about my time anymore except for the cutoff times which are getting harder and harder <laughs> oh that's impressive that's true so out of all the distances and everything you've done obviously you said you love trails what like what's what's your favorite if, if you didn't have to say you were in the current state, like what did you have the most fun doing? Boston, um, your ultras, your 10Ks, yeah. 5Ks in college I, I and would, high school? Um, you know, running on a college cross country team is amazing, but I really, I like to know that I'm going to be out on the trail all day. Uh, 50K, 50 mile. The 100 miler I just did was awesome. I saw two sunrises and one sunset and, that, and saw some just spectacular, spectacular views. Which is amazing. So that was, uh, was that the Badger 100? It was. All right, so let's yes. talk about that. So um, I want to talk about leading up. Let's talk about leading up to April 1st. So 
you know, weeks leading up to the April election for you were running for the Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice, um, a lot was going on. COVID, COVID hit, um, you know, there was, Wisconsin was one of the states where we were voting in the primary. So do we have elections? Do we have the elections? Do we push it back, right? What do we do? And, you know, this is, this is all happening and you are running for one of the top positions on the ballot. So kind of take us through what was going on with you during that time. Yeah, so, you know, I had been running for a year, right? I, and I started running in May of 2019, and we had been working for an entire year to try to say to people, this race is important. The Supreme Court is important because of the types of cases that they hear. The people who are on that court are important. You want people on there who don't have an agenda, but people who are going to make decisions based on what the law is. We won a primary. Well, we, we got through the primary in February, right? We were second place, and two of the top three got to go forward. So we made it through the primary in February. And then a month later, COVID hit, and it affected us just like it affected everybody else. And my kids came home from school, too. My daughter came home from college in, in Arizona, and she never went back. My son was sent home from high school. As far as the campaign was concerned, we needed to pivot on a dime. We needed to, instead of had in-person events, we needed to do all kinds of virtual events. The other thing that happened was we could not get above the noise of COVID. It was just, that was what understandably what everybody was talking about. And then it was April 6th. It was the day before the election. And on that day, both the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the United States Supreme Court ruled that people in Wisconsin were going to have to make an unbelievably difficult decision on April 7th election day. They were going to have to decide between voting and their own health and their own safety and possibly their own lives. And I thought on that day, April 6th, this was going to be an impossible race to win at that point. But what those decisions did was they crystallized for people in the state of Wisconsin what we had been saying for a whole year, crystallized for people in the state of Wisconsin how important these courts are and how they do impact us every single day. And when I woke up on April 7th and I saw all those people in Milwaukee in line, ready to vote. It was just an amazing sight. It was, it was also sad. I was, um, I was concerned for those people because they were risking their health so that they could make sure that their voices were heard. Yeah, what a mix of emotions where, right, it's like terrible that you, we had to put people in that position, but also at the same time, it's like powerful. It's like, this isn't going to stop us in a way. We're going to go out and we're going to vote and we're going to actually make change here in Wisconsin, which... Yeah. As... So how is that? Like, usually you, you wake up and you, you know what's going on even before you go to bed. So what was that waiting period like? I knew, you know, again, I thought about what you do in the middle of an ultra. And the only thing you can control in the middle of an ultra, right, is your pace, what you're eating and what you're doing with your head. And so I knew that I needed to stay positive because I needed people around me to stay positive. I needed my kids to stay positive. I needed my campaign team to stay positive. And so I just continued to be cautiously optimistic. So during the waiting period, did you, you're talking about, um, you know, the waiting and, you know, ultras have helped you through it. Did you, did you go out and maybe run an ultra or run anything during those six days to kind of help you through it yeah. at all? I did. So, there, so I had some, I had work to do. I was still a sitting circuit court judge until July 31st. So I had work to do 
And then I did this. So the uh, returns came back on April 13th, which was a Monday. That Sunday I woke up. I didn't have any work to do. I didn't have any campaign to any campaign to do for the first time in a year. I didn't know what to do with myself. So I put on my pack and threw my shoes on and ran 20 miles. Wow, that had to feel really good. Oh, it was awesome. Man, throwing on a pack and run 20 miles. It sounds so easy. It sounds so easy. That's I need to have that mentality a little bit more. If you have enough food and water, you just keep going. Exactly. So I think what was really cool is you were sworn in during the Badger 100. And the Badger 100 is a race down in southern Wisconsin. Um, I have not run it, but I've heard it's awesome. So you'll have to give us all the details. Uh, But you were sworn in at mile 35. I mean, like every article, if you Google your name, is like it tells this awesome story. I feel like you're like the first person to ever do this. So tell us a little bit about why, um, and then we can talk about the day itself. Sure. So the... So I've wanted to run 100 miles for uh, a few years now. Two years ago in 2017, I was training for a 100-miler that I was going to run in the spring of 2018. I went on a 20-mile run on a Saturday morning. Later that day, I was ice skating with some friends. I had borrowed a pair of skates. I fell on the ice, and I completely ruptured my right hamstring, uh, snapped my sits bone right off, all three hamstring tendons, came came away from the bone. I had to have surgery. I didn't move for eight weeks. Uh, I wasn't able to work or drive. I had to learn how to walk again and sit again. Um, I had to learn how to drive again. I had to learn how to run again. It took hours and hours and hours of incredibly painful physical therapy. Uh, I was fortunate that a sports medicine doc did my surgery and she promised me that she would get me back to where I was. And I said, where I was, was training for a 100 mile run. Do you understand that? And she said, yes, I understand that. So I wasn't able to run a hundred miles in the summer of 2018 because I was still recovering. I wasn't able to do a hundred miles in the summer of 2019 because I was running for the Supreme court. And what happened was I was signed up for Scotty, Scotty's 100-mile run, Scott Coomer's 100-mile run at the Badger, and I asked him if I could come down to the 50 because I didn't have time to for two days while I was campaigning to devote to a, a run, but I had enough time to run 50 miles. So I did the 50-miler last August. I loved it. I signed up for the 100-miler as soon as I knew that registration was open because I thought I would have more time this summer, this August that just passed. And uh, as soon as I won the campaign, I realized that my election was, excuse me, I realized that my term was going to start on August 1st, which was the same day that the 100 miler was scheduled. And I thought, well, I know that there's a turnaround point at the 35 mile mark at Dots Tavern in Bosco. Maybe I could get sworn in there. And usually justices have a very quick swearing in ceremony before they actually take office and then they have a more formal investiture some weeks or maybe a month or two after they start. Obviously we won't be able to have a formal investiture right now because that would mean bringing lots and lots of people together. So I decided that I would do this swearing in ceremony at DOTS and Justice Rebecca Dallet, who's also a runner, was going to run part of it with me and swear me in and it would be a small affair The race, Badger 100, ended up getting canceled. I decided to do the run anyhow 
Dots was on board letting us use their venue. We knew we could do it outside. We could be socially distanced. People would wear masks. And my campaign team started sending some emails out to media outlets. And then things just it kind of exploded. And talk about having a lot of pressure on yourself for your first 100-mile run. Um, I had all these interviews and people were talking about it. And uh, there, was, there, was, <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot. So uh, anyhow, that's that's how it happened. It was a small idea that ended up growing to be a, a much bigger deal. And there's just no way I could have finished it without the help of so many of my close friends who are out there with me morning, noon, and night. And then again the next day, morning, noon, and night. That's in, that's incredible. That And that's the best part about ultra running is you always have so many friends and people who come support you, uh, especially when there's not an actual race. It's even cooler. So... You know, we talk about the runner's high and we all get it, whether it's you're running a long distance or sometimes if you get the right music going and you're only on a five miler. So I feel like your emotions had to be at an all time high, like leading into mile 34, going into 35 and knowing what was ahead of you. Like what, where, where were your emotions at? Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. So I had run into Belleville, and at Bell, Belleville, Justice Dallet met me there, and she was I, I was already thirty miles in, so I'd been running for six hours. So I was a little more subdued than I might have been otherwise because I was getting a little bit tired. She was so fired up and so excited. So that four or five miles that we got to run alone was just really special. I mean, here's someone who's a good friend of mine, who's been a mentor to me on the court, who was a mentor to me while I was running in my campaign, who I met largely because we had run together at a couple of conferences and when she was in Madison. And she was just so fired up and telling me how proud she was. And she was singing the Rocky theme song. And then we came off this trail where it had been largely just the two of us for about an hour. And the first people I saw were my kids. Um, who were standing there. And I was so excited that they were there because they were a huge motivators for me during the campaign. And they're just warriors. They're, they never complained the whole year that I was running. They understand why this is important. They're amazing. So I saw them and then I just saw all these other people who had come out. And it was... Uh, it was amazing. I mean, I was I the thing I always say about this election is it wasn't it wasn't me. It was all these people who came out and voted and worked so hard to get our message across and to have so many of them there able to finally celebrate together about the victory that we had all achieved felt really really good. Yeah, that is awesome. And it was all live stream, so it was awesome. Your your kids got to speak. I mean, Jim Doyle was talking, our friend of the pod Mandela Barnes was in attendance. I, Every news station covered it, so that's that that and that that's awesome. And you know, kudos, kudos to that small idea and that you made it happen because I think for you, you know, emotionally, it's that's something you always be able to reflect back on and have, and it's very unique and ties to who you are. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. And then I had to run 65 more miles. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't imagine I would have I don't know if I would have made it to mile 35 so kudos kudos to you and wait when you just said you're like I was getting a little tired at mile six I'm like oh, you got a long ways to go <laughs> yeah so what, what did you finish with what was your time if you don't mind I sharing. think it was uh th- no I think it was 34 
fifteen. I, I um, it took an hour and a half to get sworn in. So, um, oh, we lost we lost a little bit of time there. My legs, it was it was hard to run after that. After I had stood still for for ninety minutes. Yeah. Oh. Um, I mean, yeah. It took a while to start to be able to run again. But I got to about fifty five miles. I did. I think I walked just about the probably the last forty five miles. I was tired. Yeah, and you did you do the Badger One Hundred or did you kind of veer yeah. off and do your own thing? Nice. So you no you did had the, the did out. the Badger One Hundred, and because the tunnel, the Stewart Tunnel was out, I, there was these huge hills then that I had to hike up on <laughs> Tunnel Road, and it ad, it ended up because of the detour it was actually one hundred and two point two seven miles. Nice. Will you do one again? Do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, That's I would like to. Um, you know, I would. Scotty's great. I want to keep doing his races. I know that there is a, um, a Midwestern states that uh, Michelle Hartwig is putting together next summer up in the Schwamigan National Forest. My crazy out there goal would be to do the Tahoe two hundred at some point. Nice. I like it. Those are good. Good goals. The sleep, they have sleep stations. Yeah, I would. <laughs> sleep stations <laughs> the ultra world is still new to me um so when you say something like that i giggle as in like yeah yeah that makes sense that totally makes sense now justice uh you did mention earlier that your kids were warriors you referred to them as warriors during your campaign and um how you had to explain to them why this is so important i'm sure they uh definitely understand and they're very inspired by having such a person in their life as their mother especially uh, now Obviously, there have there have had to been many sacrifices that you uh, have made throughout your life. What were those sacrifices, and how do you balance your life between your personal life and all these goals that are affecting uh, the majority of people in Wisconsin? So, how do you balance the community and your personal life? Yeah, so I don't know if there's much sacrifices as as trade offs, and maybe maybe that's the same. Maybe they're not. Um, look, let me just talk first about my kids, right? I mean, think about what it is like to have your mom on the ballot, being a sophomore boy in high school, and then having to go to school all day. I can't imagine. I don't know how my son Danny did it, but he did. I know. I'm sure kids said things to him. He never complained to me. His mom wasn't around to make him dinner, to get his laundry done, to make sure he was getting his schoolwork done. He had to step it up and help me take care of the dogs and the house and all kinds of things. And he was amazing. My daughter was away at college. And for her, because this campaign ended up being on the national stage, Every everyone knew her. the last name Karofsky isn't a very common last name. So people are talking to her all the time. All our professors want to know about it. And I think for the kids, it, it stops, stops being as much about them and more about their mom, which isn't, I don't think, you know, which is difficult. Um, you know, they had other things happen with their social media accounts and, and other things. And they just, they didn't complain. And they, not only did they not complain, but I knew that they had my back. The night that we won, was on on April 13th, we couldn't have a big party because everyone was social distancing. So I ended up being here with my just my kids. And it was one of the greatest nights of my life. We sang and we danced and we celebrated until two in the morning, the three of us. It was awesome. So, you know, I, I think that there are trade-offs, but those trade-offs pay off. 
And I think that if you are willing to, to put yourself out there and to take a risk, that the rewards and the payoffs are well, well worth it. It's, it's worth a blister and losing a couple toenails and having a bad stomach to finish an ultra. And all the things that my kids and I went through during the campaign were completely worth it and really, really important for the people of the state of Wisconsin. And they understood that. Wisconsin Supreme Court justice, I mean, that is a, a big position, right, in Wisconsin. But the amount of, like, national media attention you got, I mean, you mean being supported by Joe and, like, you know, probably whether you love the news you're hearing or don't love the news, I mean, right, it became a household name in some sense. Did you know that was going to happen? Was that all kind of, like, as it started coming, you're like, wow, this is kind of what comes with this territory, what was like I knew thought? I knew that I knew that the race would would be a little more high profile than maybe some other Supreme Court races. One is it was happening at the decade and so the the redrawing of legislative lines is going to happen as a result of the census in 2020 and mm-hmm. that makes this race for Supreme Court justice a little more high stakes than if you're running in the middle of the decade. So I knew number one that that was going to happen. The other thing is I knew that I was running in a presidential year. And so that was going to heighten the stakes. This was going to be a dress rehearsal for what happened in November. Um, never in my wildest dreams did I think that this would reach the national stage the way that it did because of COVID and the decisions made by the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court on the eve of the election. I never, ever could have imagined that that any of that would have happened. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. Apostoli, <laughs> just go crazy. Like, man, you were, you're so cool, Jill. You're so cool. <laughs> it's just incredible. Like even just dealing with politics, I mean, more people than ever are talking about what's going on in our world, whether it's politics or social injustice. And, you know, more people are talking one-on-one with their friends, um, even with the family members. And now here you are being, you know, running for Supreme Court justice um, in a crazy way during a pandemic, delayed results, you find out a week later, right? You know, everything's a little different of how you're being sworn in and what probably it looks like for you compared to what it would be without um, COVID. And you're still crushing it with all these runs. You know, you did, a, you did just did your first 100, actually 100, 102 miles. It's just, it's just incredible. So um, absolutely amazing. And we appreciate your time. But before we go, we always ask all our guests our Cream City Pacers rapid-fire questions. Um, they're going to be slightly different because you are outside of Milwaukee, but you've also experienced the entire state of Wisconsin. So we usually ask, what's your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? But since you campaigned all around the state, what's your favorite place to run in Wisconsin outside of Madison? Uh, I would say the Ice Age Trail. Nice. Any part of it. Put me on any wear, part of it. You're wearing the... Uh, I, I am. You know, I'm wearing the Ice Age shirt, and I realize that the T-shirt I have on underneath is my Badger 100 shirt that I put on this you, morning. You are yeah, ultraed up. There we you go. have like. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you do as many as I do, you have to have a lot of T-shirts. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Okay, if you could bring one person to Wisconsin to run with you, who would it be? One person to run with me, uh, Michelle Obama. Nice. That would be fun. I would come and join for that one. If I could. All right. What is your favorite pre-race pump-up song? Um, oh, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Oh. Totally, totally old school. I love that answer. We have not had is that it, one before. Yes, we Yes, yes, we have, sir. Wow. I don't even know my own podcast would, anymore. Yes. 
I'm trying to remember who that was. Ah, who was it? I just put so it on the playlist. As old as I am or older. <laughs> I love Board Run. I have that album. Uh, I have that album, and I was just listening it to the other week. It was great. While I was doing, a, um, I don't know, some peloton workout in the basement i was like oh, i need some real music on here instead of whatever they give you in the app so i put put that record on and it was great okay so our last question and it's not really a question it's what's one piece of advice you would give to new runners have fun just have fun with it and it's okay to take walking breaks just get out there and have fun if you don't feel like running go out for 10 minutes and see what happens after those 10 minutes and more often than not you're going to stay out there Rarely are you going to turn around, but just have fun with it. I love it. Have can fun I give some other, can I give one more thing, say one more thing, Alex? Mm, okay. Cause it's I, you, you're lucky. I'll let you go. <laughs> I just want everybody to register to vote and to vote. And if you have not registered and you, or you have not signed up for your absentee ballot, it is so important that you get on myvote.wi.gov and that you, you get registered and that you make sure that you ask for your absentee ballot so that your voice is heard in November. Yes, that is very important. And you can register for an absentee ballot. So you'll get it mailed directly to you and you can fill it out and send it back. And you don't have to go to any polling station at all. And you can do it safely from your home. That's right. And there's also going to be a number of drop-off sites all around the state, especially in Milwaukee and Madison. Which is incredible. Okay, so we are definitely going to link that in our show notes for you guys to easily go and put it on our Facebook pages as well because we're encouraging that. Um, get out there and vote. So Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. This was wonderful. We appreciate it. And until we catch you at your next race, um, it was great. enjoy it was, your runs. I will. It was great to meet you guys. You enjoy your runs too. Stay safe, everyone. Wow. I'm going for a run right now, man. I'm, I'm putting on my – I'm keeping this Milwaukee Run for Justice shirt, which is a great shirt. It's nice. It's, uh, it's made for running. I'm going to go out and run right now because – just the things she mentioned about time management and how does she fit it all in. I make excuses about going out and running five miles. Are you kidding me, man? And I just run a restaurant. She's a Supreme Court justice. She she has two kids, dogs, and just who knows a million other things. And right after the show, she said, "Why did she, she had to finish the show because she had to jump on and go on uh, go great. on a TV show?" And like, Ooh, which is we were great. like yeah. we were like chit chatting afterwards and like. Yeah, the Cream City Pacers. Don't get me wrong, we are huge. We're a huge network. She goes, "Hey yes. guys, um, this is great. I'm actually the phone call I'm getting right now is for a TV show appearance I need to make. So I'm um, I, mean, I have to go." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah that makes a lot more sense than just talking to us." <laughs> no, but the energy that she brought, amazing. It, like, amazing. It's I've listened to a lot of her, you know, other podcasts and interviews that she's done and she just, the energy she brings, it's hard to match that and it makes sense for everything she's talking about doing, running a campaign. I don't know if you caught this. And we didn't go into it. But while she was campaigning, right? She had to go all over the state. She mm -hmm. ran like two marathons while she was campaigning. So I think like the story goes is she went up to like Algoma or somewhere, ran the marathon, campaigned the next day, which was a Sunday, and then Monday came back for church, some trials she had to do, sitting at the bench at 8 a.m. Like okay. what? Crazy. So that was awesome. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. We enjoyed it. Um, 
Sorry for any audio. We had some technical difficulties, so we were jumping from Zoom to some recording. Yes. If it's fixed, if it's fixed, uh, it's a miracle. Mm. But sorry for that. Either way, it was a great interview. Jill is amazing. Do you have anything else? Do you want to say, Abasol? Or um, should we? Yeah, and I'm super excited about the Born to Run thing. Uh, so our our theme song, as you probably maybe noticed, is. Uh, is modeled after Born to Run, inspired by it. Very fun song to do. I, I can't wait to jump into this one. Uh, and also, uh, we now have the... Uh, we have taken all the answers to the pre-race pump-up song question of all our guests from the beginning of the podcast all the way before the uh, weekly rundowns. And we have created a Spotify uh, playlist it is amazing. I keep hearing this playlist every morning. It gets me so pumped up. I mean, you got, just listen to the ones that you have in there. Is You probably are going to go off for a run just thinking about these songs. You got Lose Yourself uh, by Eminem. You got DMX, uh, Party Up. You have Metallica. You have Eye of the Tiger. You got Thunderstruck, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, uh, Holy Diver, Maroon 5, Sugar. It's just such a eclectic playlist. Um, well, not really. It's Pretty. just pump-ups. It's just pump-ups. <laughs> it's a uh, good Panama. playlist, though. Panama by Van Halen from last week. Panama. That was... A, that was a... You know what? It was a hard one. That, that uh, was a good intro. That was one of my favorites. I stayed up until 3 a.m. trying to get the Van Halen sound going. <laughs> Wait, you, did you stay up till 3 a.m. and then play 3 a.m. by... I, did john's favorite I song did good good call and um trippy so we'll share that link to that playlist uh somewhere we'll have it on our website at some point we'll have too. it everywhere we'll, we'll have, have it, it we'll have it everywhere it's and everywhere keep, keep, it's everywhere we'll keep updating it. it you're gonna but love it this week we don't have to update it at all because born to run was actually chosen by richard dodd was a uh, in uh he he chose it a few months ago when we had him on the podcast. Go back and listen to that podcast if you want to hear about some uh, Milwaukee race history. And also, guys, uh, we keep putting up these posts on social media, and we see you liking them. Uh, one of the things that Facebook likes to do is like if people share uh, posts and if they if people are commenting on these posts, they they keep promoting them even more and showing it to more people. So if you love what we do here, it would be greatly appreciated if you just hit, hit the share button. Uh, tell your friends, hey guys, this is a cool podcast. Like if you're running, if you're a runner, and if you're in Milwaukee, or if not, I mean we have great people joining the podcast and we talk about many many things uh, non Milwaukee related. So uh, please promote it. It helps us uh, helps us a ton. Go leave us a five star review on iTunes, and um, yeah, appreciate everything you do. Or just don't. You don't have to. Just l keep listening to the podcast. We appreciate. No, anything. don't listen to that. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Share. Engage. Like. Follow. Follow. Do us, it. Reverse. Follow us, reverse like psychology. It, I'm doing reverse psychology. Oh, reverse psychology. Unfollow. Don't like. Don't listen. Don't, don't do don't it. Don't you dare. <laughs> All right, guys, you are amazing. We love you. We hope your <clears throat> running is staying strong as these cooler temps are coming. Until next Friday, keep on running.